Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Let's Watch podcast. I'm your host, James, with my co-host, Carolyn. That's me. And we're continuing our For You Consideration series with I'm Your Woman. Hit me with that synopsis. I'm Your Woman, directed by Julia Hart. In this 1970s set crime drama, a woman is forced to go on the run after her husband betrays his partners, sending her and her baby on a dangerous journey. Her stolen baby, I must add. Yes, uh, baby, we do not know where that baby came from. I really? think what I appreciate about this movie the most is that at the beginning of the movie, her husband just comes and drops a baby into her arms, and then we never <laughs> see him again, and it's awesome. He shortly leaves the film, and even when he's like in there, their relationship is super weird uh-huh. uh, and kind of uncomfortable, uh-huh. which it is then later explained why, and it all makes sense, Yeah. Um, but he just dips from the movie. Uh, that synopsis actually spoils... I'd had no idea like that he betrays things. I just thought he left initially. Yeah, and I I don't know that this synopsis is necessarily true. Like it it is, but it doesn't have to be because they never actually say that in the movie. They just say he um killed the wrong person or something. He killed the boss. Yeah. Um but I mean the boss could be a bad boy, you know? I think it's fair to say the boss was probably a bad boy. Mhm. Uh, as with most of the men in this movie. Man, I love that we don't even find him dead. You know, we just never see him again. <laughs> I Well, it's such like a thing you're conditioned with movies when mm-hmm. a character that the movie is talking about is mm-hmm. absent. You are like, we're going to see them again. Mm-hmm. Because that is generally how storytelling happens. Mm-hmm. Is that they need some resolution with that character. Well, and he's the driving force. He He's the the whole point like she's trying to find him she's trying to find her way back to him so having someone that's the whole point you never actually make it back to that person I love that because like she was this character who was growing from like a hopeless and kind of like agency-less wife and then by the end of the movie she's like she's brave she's sort of a hero she's a mother um, he has all of her this own with, agency. Yeah, and all of this without her husband. And the husband that's like, in a sense, the driving force of this whole thing by like, you know, her going on a quest to find him, that's what causes all these changes, isn't even someone we see, which is like, it's the coolest way to give a woman agency, honestly. Yes, as I discovered that's what the movie was actually about, mm-hmm. I was really enjoying, I, I enjoyed it even more than I already was, because I think it is... It kind of presents itself as like a typical pulpy crime movie. That's the thing. It's got this 70s aesthetic. It's a noir adjacent thriller. Like I loved the vibes from the get-go, but you do expect it to fall into certain tropes. Yes, which it some of them are. Mm-hmm. It still has tropes. It just subverts some of them very cleverly. Mm-hmm. Uh, I Yeah, I love the husband stuff and that uh, he's like he's still important, but he is just not there. And mm-hmm. there's so many other characters that um are important but are seen it's always seen through her viewpoint mm-hmm. so it's like if she sees them but doesn't interact with them but we see them interacting with other characters mm-hmm. and then those people present themselves they come up and later in the movie and you already feel like you understand who that person is even though they haven't really said stuff at all mm-hmm. yep i think this movie's great i think rachel brosnahan is really good that's the thing this movie is like it seems quite simple at the beginning and stuff, and it is very slow. It's a slow burn. Um, I mean, it points almost to a fault, but, like, I really enjoyed it. I, I know that when I first looked it up before um, 
watching it. I was on, on IMDb, and the first few review titles that I scrolled through were literally good if you like babies crying, and the next one, <laughs> crying baby, and the next one, meh. And I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> and then it sure, showed off as soon as the movie starts, this baby's just friggin' wailing. It does not cry through the whole movie. And also, I get why some people don't like this. It's really not to the taste of some people. But if you like a slow, quiet, character-driven drama, and this character, it's not like she talks a lot. It's all very no. subtle. But you're right. Rachel Brosnahan is awesome in this. And I think if you appreciate those qualities, this is a movie that you would enjoy. I don't even think it's like that slow of a burn. I think it gets where it's it like it moves stuff pretty quick. Like it, mm-hmm. It's like it starts off and you're like, okay, it's like the 70s couple they look unhappy. Mm-hmm. He, the husband seems to be trying really hard mm-hmm. in some ways and then not in others. Uh, and then he disappears and you're like, okay, but the fact that he just like gives her a baby is so like throws you off kilter and the noise of the baby crying, like they incorporate that into the sound design of the movie to make stuff more, make you feel her anxiety mm-hmm. and like the stress that she is feeling. Well, and she's excited, but also kind of terrified because, yeah, he literally just hands her a baby and is like, it's ours now. We love it. Yes. And she's like, what the fuck? <laughs> uh, rightfully, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> too. It's like, what are you doing, my guy? But you would expect her to be like concerned or whatever. But like, she's not really because she does still kind of want the baby. Right. But I kind of love that she doesn't really ask oh, yeah. questions about what her husband does. It all feels very like widows-esque. Yes. If we're talking Viola, does. you know. <laughs> yeah. If we're talking... Yeah, we are. It is very widows esque. And then she like at once her husband um does what he does, which is murder a very important person in the crime world. Mm-hmm. She has to be quickly she has to be moved and uh hidden. And that's where she encounters, I guess, like the second the only the other main character of this film, Cal, mm-hmm. who's also the actor is also very good. Let me make sure I'm gonna try to say his name right and I will butcher it, so I apologize. But Arinzi keen perhaps um he's very good and then he like essentially is shuttering her or like tra- helping tra- moving her from place to place to place to hide her and per- and to help her and i love what we find out about his character as well mm-hmm. uh is that you find you find out when he's introduced you just assume he's kind of like a muscle mm-hmm. person because he is muscular and you just mm-hmm. think he's like a crime guy who's like doing this to like it, because he knows the husband and he's helping him out. Uh, but what you find out with his story is that it's he is not a part of this. He was a part of this life, but he isn't any longer. And he's been pulled back in because mm-hmm. of a deal he made to get out. Yeah. The movie, you get way more with his family than you do with her family. Well, that's what's interesting is she kind of joins a new family. Because then once Cal's a little bit more out of the picture, then comes in Terry, Cal's wife. And then she's the other main character of the film. It's like each character kind of has their period of the film. Yes. Where they're very much a co-star with uh, Jean, who's Rachel's character. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I do I do like that. And I thought it was really interesting that it was like the the wives trying to go find their men. I think that was something that also was kind of sub- subverted the tropes a little bit. Um, and I was reading a bit about the ending and, um, the director was basically saying that she, in order to, yeah, get rid of those tropes, she deliberately wanted a non-tragic ending because so many of these stories, it's like everyone's dead or something like that. A thousand percent both that Cal and Terry were going to (laughs) die. Well, that's the thing. And you're kind of like, okay, it's all about this woman. So she's going to be the only one that makes it out. But she didn't want it to be that tragic of an ending. 
um, because it was all about like Jean coming into power and like people coming together. There was still that element of tragedy as um, Cal's father dies, but he dies protecting the children um, to kind of show like, yeah, this coming, coming togetherness kind of thing. Also, he knows. The dad knows. 100%. Yeah. That's that's the thing that's so cool is I really appreciated that the film ended with like, like Cal is still alive, thank goodness. But Somehow. he's not doing anything. He's like passed out in the back of the car. He's not really speaking. So I love that it was like the women that are the ones who actually got them out of this situation at the end. And it's like for a movie called I'm Your Woman, at the end, neither of those ladies are someone's woman, you know? No. And, and Cal is a good husband. 100%. Uh, He's a great guy, and you really don't want him to die. <laughs> no, I was like, please, not Cal. Um, because, like, there is not much action. Like, you don't see how the dad dies. You they, you just find the dad's body, Cal's mm-hmm. dad. Um, and you're like, oh, God. Uh, but you kind of know the kids are going to be safe because they introduced the hiding spot mm-hmm. so early that it, you're like, it's going to be used <laughs> at some point. Yeah. Um, but they, like, when the two women are like going to find Cal mm-hmm. and save him. Terry doesn't really tell the plan, mm-hmm. which I appreciate because she's like, I I think partly because she's like, Hey, I don't know if this is going to work. Uh, so we're just going to do it and hope. And then the, like when they find Cal, he's shot and mm-hmm. you're like, Oh God, Cal is going to die because I have watched a bunch of crime movies in my life. And this man is going to be not moving quickly and is already wounded. So it's easier to kill an already wounded person. It's just yep. generally how it, how it works. And then they're driving around to like escape once they all get back together. And then this car accident happens. And it's not a huge car accident, mm-hmm. but it is, I think, pretty realistic to car accidents. Like it doesn't seem like they're not even moving that quickly. I mm-hmm. imagine and it's very sudden and surprising. And then both Cal and Terry are like incapacitated. And mm-hmm. I was like, Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, I was concerned. What? And then when they're trying to get Cal out of the car, oh well, he's my. he's a big dude, right? So he's heavy and like Terry's like not doing well cuz she was just in a car accident, but she's trying to help and I'm like, "One of you is going to hurt yourself." Like, but I you're right. It did feel very real where these people aren't invincible. They don't no. get out of a car that just crashed and be fine. And I love that because it's like, yeah, when when Terry's trying to help carry Cal, I'm like, Terry, you're going to hurt yourself by helping him, which is a very realistic thing. You know, you internal bleeding and whatnot. Oh, yeah. They're both extremely messed up, but she's like literally carrying Cal. And mm-hmm. I was like, OK, uh, symbolism. Mm-hmm. But it didn't bother me because I was it, I was so into the movie at that point. Mm-hmm. And uh, short, like as this is happening, <laughs> she also gets kidnapped by Gene also gets kidnapped by a guy named Mike. And it's kind of assumed that Mike just doesn't know what's going on. Mm hmm. Uh, so he doesn't realize that her husband has been killed. Yeah. And so he kidnaps her. And then that whole scene in the car is, is very tense. But she ultimately, that's where like her act of killing him is like her becoming this independent woman, essentially. Which I and love I was... later. She's like, I killed Mike. And they're all like, okay. Like, yeah. <laughs> Cal and Terry are like, cool. <laughs> Just like, can we? Can Terry's we like, yeah, yeah, we need to go. <laughs> congratulations for finally murdering someone yeah but when she did that i was like yes finally Mm -hmm. and it's so it's like it it isn't a long drawn out scene where he's like talking a bunch it's like the moment he gives her an opening she's like bang yeah well that's what i like too is like she wasn't instantly okay with it like there are all these crime movies where everyone just like kills everyone and is fine with it but she also wasn't like devastated and in shock like she literally gets back in the car and is like 
I just killed the dude. And everyone's like, that's rough. And she's like, uh-huh. Okay, I guess we got to get out of here. Like, <laughs> it's her processing. It's like we we have seen Cal kill people and mm-hmm. we have heard Terry do it off screen. Mm-hmm. So it's just like, yeah, she's just doing what they've done. So they're like, okay, we need to get back to our children. Like, What, what I we- what I appreciate about this movie so much is like, it is a crime movie and I enjoy crime movies a lot. But Same. there is also a lot more, right? A lot more symbolism, even within the title and stuff like that. And um, something that I found cool, like, so you can get stuff from this if you just enjoy crime. But if you're looking deeper, you can get stuff too. I thought it was neat though, yeah. because I was reading somewhere and they pointed out that when she first meets Cal, she's in the back of the car. They're escaping. He's driving, that sort of thing. He's kind of like her bodyguard, her um, safe house, whatever. But then later on, as the movie progresses, she's now in the front seat with Cal. And this is as she's getting a little bit more agency and more like, you know, reigning in her own life a little bit more. And then Cal gets hurt. And now Terry's driving the car and Gene is still in the front. But then at the end, this is the first time in the movie that we see Gene get behind the wheel. And it's because she's like, okay, it's my turn to be in charge now. Um, Because the other two are like, we we can't. We need help, you know. (laughs) Um, So that's, that's what I liked. And. What's cool, too, is you can tell that she's getting behind the wheel because she's very much like, I have to do this. Like, I'm the leader now. But she's also clearly very uncomfortable. I mean, she did just, like, lead a poor kid past a whole bunch of dead bodies. Her (laughs) friends are dying in the back of the car. So you get it. But also, this is the 70s. And it's clearly a woman whose husband never let her drive the car. So – and she bumps a curb on the way out, too. Um, Which was hilarious. Well – I don't know if that was intentional or not. Apparently, Rachel Brosnahan is really not comfortable driving, and they did make her do all the <laughs> practical driving because they were like, no, this is great. You're not comfortable driving. This character would not be comfortable driving. So, girl, get in the car and drive these people out. So Yeah, it it, it fits. It helps. It, it She does a good job with that, if, even if it's just her not understanding how to drive as mm-hmm. well. It, you know, as you said, it fits the character. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is also the, like, they do a really good job with, um, since Cal is black in the 70s, obviously there is going to be, I don't know, more blatant mm-hmm. discrimination against him or, mm-hmm. and racism. And they introduce that like really quickly that uh, they remove the cops as an option for these people immediately mm-hmm. with the simple thing of him finding them sleeping in their car after mm-hmm. they run away from the hospital because of other cops. Yeah, uh, which I think, which I assumed at that time is just because uh, they were looking for Eddie as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but once that scene happens, the cops kind of are not in the movie anymore because we now know that they can't. And we have ne- always, or yeah, we've always known that Cal could would never get any help from them, but mm-hmm. she could if she wanted to. Mm-hmm. And they remove that very quickly from the movie, which I appreciated. And then it isn't really about that anymore. It's just it's like, yep, this is the way it is. Moving on. Well, and I liked it too because like we've seen this before a billion times in movies and in real life where the cops pull over a car or, you know, find people in a car and they're like, is this man bothering you? And it's like, no, dude, they're friends. But like, okay, be racist then, I guess. But what I liked is that like this movie in like single lines would comment on a lot of stuff, just like Gene being like, I killed a guy. They, They do this whole cop scene and they get out of it by basically saying, Gene's like, we're married. Our baby was sick. And then as the cop goes away, Cal is like, I made a white baby. <laughs> as in like, and he says it, and it's kind of funny. But at the same time, you're like, yeah, Gene, you idiot. All they would have to do is look at the baby. And like, he knows how, like, she's kind of like, oh, good. I lied so easy. We did so great. And he's like, 
this is very dangerous for me yeah. is basically what that line says you know yeah it's like if that if that cop was smarter or mm-hmm. more observant i would be so fucked yeah exactly and and <laughs> that's basically him being like you don't even know how deep you're in right now girl yeah and he is trying to shield her from that throughout mm-hmm. the first part of the movie because he I mean, he knows that she's not really about this life. And mm-hmm. he also want, wants this to end as quickly as possible to get back to his own life. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really enjoyed this movie. I think it's it's great. It's getting mostly ignored in awards season um, because I think it's it's just being assumed as like a crime movie, which it is, is but it was more than a crime movie. I also really think it's not to a lot of people's taste. Um, like, I think... Some people would find it boring because, like, I guess you're right. In a sense, it's not really a slow burn, but I guess I more mean, like, it's a quiet film. A lot of it is subtle um, and not spelled out for you. So I think a lot of people would not be captured by that. Um, And I think the people who would be captured by that maybe don't like the crimeness of it, the the violence and the R-ratedness, if you will. So I think what it is is it's a bit more niche than than – many people might enjoy um that said i mean this is the type of movie that you and i both very much enjoy so yeah and the crime movies that do get acknowledged are generally about gangsters yeah uh and this movie is not about gangsters it's about like a suburban mom (laughs) that's about people it's yeah it's about the people who are affected by it's about the families who are affected by a gangster Mm -hmm. uh, and his decisions and it's also about the women as well so, well, I mean, it's not about the male gangsters. I mean, I'd like to point out this movie is directed by a woman who also helped co-write it with her husband. So you can tell that there's a very, very much a respect of that's that's also where I um, now that I know that the writers are married, you get the couples <laughs> a little bit more um, yes. and like the relationships, both the the one with Jean and her absent husband and the one with Cal and Terry. Yeah, you can tell that it's written by a married couple. Yes, yeah, it, it, it that definitely it helps, and also the performances across the board are very, very good. Mm-hmm. All of them, even Eddie, Gene's uh, husband, mm-hmm. is the actor playing him is he's playing him a very like mysterious and mm-hmm. like there's so much more to that guy, and it's also menacing. But the thing is, you can also tell he loves his wife. Like, yes, he just brought her a baby, maybe stole a baby, maybe killed someone to get the baby. You don't know, and she's not like too scared to ask him like it's not like she's terrified of him and doesn't want to know about the baby or is like can't say no it's more she doesn't want to know because then she'd have to be complicit i guess but uh yeah yeah yeah. and he also i think doesn't want her to know Mm -hmm. yeah because he's protecting her yes and he only gets like one scene but i think he's very good and then obviously like gene gene terry and cal Mm -hmm. are very very like the best parts that they're so good in this movie the dad um, Cal's dad is also good. He just doesn't get a lot of scenes. I do think the uh, the son Paul is not good. He is uh, not. Yeah, a but good he's actor. also not relevant. No, but he his thing at the his performance at the end. I was like, oh, okay, you're a kid acting. You're not <laughs> with the. It just broke it a tiny bit for me. But then mm-hmm. I got over it because he'd like not really been a part of the movie. Most of the time you see him, he's asleep in bed. Yeah, and the baby's crying. Yes, they're annoying, but it fits with the movie. Well, and also they they do stop the. I say they because it's like three it's different twins. babies. But <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of babies. Uh, the uh, the they, credits say 
that Harry is played by Jameson and Justin Charles, but additional Harry is played by Barrett Schaefer. So I'm like, additional Harry. Additional, additional Harry. <laughs> uh, but it, I, I think this movie's great. Uh, and it, it's a shame it's getting ignored in awards mm-hmm. because it, it, it is there, it's deserving. It's also not very showy. Mm-hmm. Right. It's so like a lot of the filmmaking is subtle, except with the exception of like two scenes mm-hmm. um, where it can't be with like the club shootout mm-hmm. where it's so chaotic. And mm-hmm. then obviously the car accident and then the whole thing with her in Mike's car, I think, is very like a director flexing their muscles. Yeah. But then when it's them talking in the cabin in the woods, it's all like great cinematography and great filmmaking, but mm-hmm. is not obnoxious i think my favorite thing about this was that so much of the action happens off screen like you don't know what's happening you're you don't know just as much as gene doesn't know yes you know it's like yeah we don't we we only find out when she finds out yeah it's like why is there a shootout in this club this is terrifying and then you later figure it out but you don't know (laughs) also terry bad advice don't hide her in the hallway Mm -hmm. where the men with guns are going to come through yeah, you're like, she's like, she's like, stay here. And I'm like, I wouldn't stay there. I'm yeah. get, the moment I can get out of there, I'm getting out of there. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, what are we doing, Terry? But then as with it, this, why the script is so good is that they, they talk about this place where Terry and Cal hit out mm-hmm. um, that Gene puts together. And then that's where they meet up, right? Because mm-hmm. we're like, oh, that's where they both know. And it's not like, yeah, it's just. It's a very well done movie, and I really want to see what Julia Hart does next Mm -hmm. because I think she's very talented. And then hopefully, she gets a bigger push uh, from a studio behind her because I think there's a lot she can do. Well, I think she should keep writing with uh, her husband, Jordan Horowitz. He was um, on La La Land, Kids Are All Right, uh, a few other things. Yeah, but I, I just mean like a bigger push from like whatever studio gets her movies mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because i think if amazon wanted to a they have all of the money they can mm-hmm. easily afford to push this into awards but it a studio should i don't know like lots of studios tie directors and then continually get make their movies i think mm-hmm. she is one that deserves that and i hope it's not like the chloe Zhao thing where it's like i've made these great little indies Mm-hmm. Uh, now I'm going to do a Marvel movie and you're like oh cool <laughs> so I'm really interested in what this director does makes for themselves and now you're directing a superhero movie which inevitably will look like all other superhero movies it's the same thing it's like the uh, good for Chloe Zhao for getting that bag mm-hmm. uh, and stuff but it is like okay so it's going to be like eight years before I see another Chloe Zhao movie not a Chloe Zhao Marvel movie but hey man the thing is, female directors get one chance, right? So True. if someone says to you, your indie darlings are great, do you want a bag of money and it might be your last chance? You're going to say yeah to the bag of money. And then oh. if you do great, then you can make your own personal projects. But if you do bad, at least you have your bag of money. Yeah. No, I totally get why they do it. And mm-hmm. I would do it as well. Because money is, hey, money, and then they can do what they want after that thing. It's just, it's a little disappointing that, like Chloe Zhao and Barry Jenkins and Ryan Coogler are doing like Disney movies. Yeah. And it's just uninteresting. And I hope Julia Hart, Hey, I hope she gets a lot of money to make movies Mm because she deserves it. But I also want her to keep making movies like this and Mm -hmm. then not make Harley Quinn three. Yeah. Because, or Wonder Woman three. And it would just be like, I'm sure 
her version of those movies would be good. Mm-hmm. But I would rather see whatever she has in her brain that is original. Yeah, definitely. And Rachel Brosnahan deserves more leading roles. Oh, absolutely. Because if she can be this uh, powerful in such a quiet and understated role, like... Once Maisel ends, she'll have a lot of free time. That's true. And then hopefully, I had never seen the actors who played Cal and Terry, but I was like, these people are great. Please give them more roles. Weirdly enough, Terry is uh, in Orange is the New Black, so I recognized her. She's one of the... um... She's like one of the prison guards, but like minor role, but like they have the same prison guards throughout like kind of the whole thing. So you get to recognize them even if, even if you don't necessarily know their um, personal lives or anything like that. But yeah, I think she's one of the prison guards. Where can people find you, Carolyn? Um, you can find me at CarolynDunk93 on Instagram and Twitter. And how about you, James? You can find me at James underscore Willicks on Twitter and at James Willicks on Instagram. And you can find this podcast on all places at all places you can send us email let's watch pod at gmail.com and our next for your considerations will be if carolyn has hers picked already i don't know if she does or not i do what is it one night in miami some that's regina king gonna, action that was gonna be mine that's why i said it first god damn it <laughs> give me one second here to as james up. does some frantic googling uh, uh let's uh sag awards 2021 uh not the globes because we don't recognize the globes here we don't speak of the globes but yes um i'm looking forward to this one because i already wanted to watch it um it's regina king's like directorial debut or whatever but now that it's coming out in a lot of award seasons it's like oh it's actually good too so yeah uh have you heard we should have you heard of this movie uh it's called the trials of chicago seven <laughs> yep oh i know what we can talk do Hmm. If you're doing One Night in Miami, um, Palm Springs. Sweet. So yeah, the next two for your considerations will be One Night in Miami and Palm Springs. Movies that are definitely about the same thing. <laughs> They're basically the same movie as far as I know. <laughs>